question that most professional photographers get asked is, is what is your favorite lens? I guess with the thought that if a, if a new photographer could buy one lens, what would it be? As you can imagine, there's no right answer to this, but I will tell you exactly what I use for most of my wildlife photography. Hi, this is Terry Vanderheide, and I'm a professional photographer and your host to the Nature Photography Podcast. Welcome to my episode on lenses. The first aspect we need to look at is what is the wildlife we're looking to capture in our cameras? Are the subjects large? Am I safe when I get close to them? Or are they small and nervous animals that live their life like, like prey, which is what they are? Let's start with small subjects. Really small subjects like tiny insects are mostly shot with a 28 millimeter lens. What? A 28 millimeter lens is a wide angle lens. The way I use my 28 millimeter lens is I put it on a reversal adapter in front of the lens. It threads on like a filter. Then I flip it around and attach to the camera in reverse. In fact, I attach the 28 millimeter lens to a set of close-up extension tubes in reverse. Think about it like this. A wide angle lens takes a large scene and projects it onto a small sensor. If you flip that lens around, now you have a lens that projects a tiny subject as a large subject on that same sensor. In normal configuration, the wide lens makes a large scene tiny. So reversed, the wide lens makes a tiny subject larger. This, all coupled with extension tubes, will allow you to get super close to your subject. In some cases, only a few millimeters away from a subject. If you want to get a photograph of an ant's head, that's how you do it. Now the first drawback to this system is shallow depth of field. So shallow that the ant's head might be in focus, but the body of the ant is totally out of focus. This means you cannot handhold this kind of shot. Just your slight movement will put this subject out of focus and you can inadvertently move a bit so it's totally out of focus. This rig has to be on a tripod. In fact, I use a set of focusing rails to zero in on the exact thing I want to focus on. This also allows me to stack focus if I want to. The next thing is you lose infinity focus. If you're out in the field photographing bees on flowers, and a UFO lands in the field right in front of you, you won't be able to swing your camera up, refocus, and capture that. The focus range is very small when the 28 millimeter lens is configured this way. The last thing that might be considered a drawback is that you lose any automated features that your lens was giving you. No autofocus, no auto aperture. It becomes a complete manual lens when placed on the camera in reverse. The next wildlife lens I use is a 105 macro. I use all Nikon products, so the length of these short telephoto macro lenses vary from each manufacturer. I think Sony makes a 90mm, Canon makes a 100mm, and so on. The great thing about a macro lens is its versatility. You can use it for your close-up work as well as anything else. Because the focus works very close up as well as for your subjects that are far away. You do not lose infinity when working with a macro lens everything is available to you. This makes the macro lens one of the most all-around versatile lenses you can buy. 
The next lens that I use in my wildlife work is the 70-200 zoom lens, f2.8. You're probably thinking that this is not much of a wildlife lens, but think about it like this. If you end up getting surprisingly close to a subject, you'll need something with a zoom that you can pull back and still get your subject in the frame. If you think about it, one of the most used tools in wildlife photography is your vehicle. Your car or truck can be used as an excellent blind when photographing wildlife. As it turns out, if there's an animal on the roadway, a passing vehicle doesn't necessarily register as a threat to that animal. Certainly not like a human being can. Slowly approaching wildlife in a car is sometimes the best way to get really close. Plus, you have the personal safety in the car in most cases. In order to do this kind of photography when in the vicinity of wildlife, roll your windows down in advance. While a car is rolling up is not a problem for many animals, rolling down the window when you get there is usually a sound that strikes panic in your subject. Even if it's cold out, drive around with the windows down already. Next, this should go without saying, but turn your radio off. Also turn your cell phones to silent mode, as well as any two-way radios you might be have working. No talking. Keep your communications to a whisper if need be. When you're shooting like this, a short telephoto lens is a good idea to have attached to the body in the car as well to be ready. You never know when a subject is just behind the bend on the road, and a shortish telephoto lens might get you the shot. Next up for me is the 300mm f2.8. This is where you start getting into the more high-ticket items, and it revolves around the wide f-stop. You can buy a new 300mm Nikon lens for about $2,000. A lot to pay for one fixed prime lens. However, that lens is an f4 lens. To buy the new Nikon 300mm 2.8 lens, just one full-stop brighter than the f4, that will cost you around $5,500 well over twice as much. How can you rationalize a purchase like that? Not only is price a factor, weight is another. The F4 version weighs in at about 27 ounces, or about a pound and a half. While the F2.8 version weighs in at 6.3 pounds, the bottom line is speed and quality. When you're buying the more expensive lens, you're getting the best glass the manufacturer can produce. You're also buying a lens that not only allows you to shoot earlier in the morning and later in the day without boosting your ISO. You also have twice the shallower depth of field. This will often be the difference in making your subject pop off the screen as it will isolate them against just about any background. This is an effect that is not believable when done with software. It's a look that cannot be done any other way. I'm sure there are professionals that buy lenses and equipment for the status of it. However, most professionals will save some money if they can. Professionals agree, lens buying is not the place to become frugal. Yes, the 2.8 version costs way more. Yes, it weighs four times as much as the smaller lens. Then why would anybody purchase this lens? The answer is simple. Professionals see the difference in quality. They see that the backgrounds are pleasingly softened, they see that they can shoot things in low light at times of day that other photographers can't. They can create images that stand out. Now here's my take on spending good money for top-of-the-line lenses. I know that camera bodies come and go. Next year they'll have a body that shoots at a faster frame rate, 
a higher ISO, better color, etc. You'll change out your camera bodies every few years. That's just how it goes. The technology advancements are too good to pass up. Lenses, however, are a lifetime investment. If you save up and buy a long telephoto lens when you're, say, in your 30s, you'll be shooting on that same lens when you're in your 70s. So that could be 40 years of use. If you take the cost of a prime top-of-the-line 300mm lens at $5,500 today's price and extrapolate that over 40 years, that's a cost of $137 per year to have the best lens money can buy. Or... 38 cents a day if that's easier for you to visualize. At some point, the weight of the lens becomes a problem as you get older. Carrying it around in the field just may not be fun anymore, or just may be too exhausting. Since you paid good money for it when you bought it, you can sell it on the aftermarket. This is assuming you take good care of your expensive equipment, and if you spend that much on a lens, I'm pretty sure you will. At the time of this recording, that $5,500 lens is being sold for about $3,500 today. That's about 64% of your initial investment can be returned to you if you sell it as a pre-owned lens. If you buy the substandard F4 lens, spending $2,000 on it today, today you can turn it around and sell it for only about $300. That's only 15% of your initial investment. Since I didn't get into the nature photography for the mathematics, let's move on. The last lens on my list is a big one. I use the Nikon 600 f4 for most of my shots of birds and larger animals that I can't or don't want to get close to. Occasionally I put on the 1.4 teleconverter to boost it even more, but generally I don't like giving up the extra stop of light that the 1.4 converter requires and I don't think the images are as sharp as they are without the teleconverter. The large, super-fast telephoto lenses are quite a commitment. First, they're very expensive. They also are quite heavy. This weight factor is an item that's not often considered, but, but should be. This lens is not conducive to hand-holding, so you have to have a tripod, or at least a monopod. If you go with the tripod, you should also consider getting a gimbal head to go with that tripod. On the tripod should also be a leveling base as well. The way the system works when you go out, you have a gimbal head attached to your tripod. I know I've talked about it, this product before, but what I like to use is the Wimberly gimbal head. When you get to your location, set the length of your tripod legs and secure each knuckle on the legs. I always do this twice. I had a rig crash to the ground one time, and I don't want to ever experience that again. So I check all the connections twice. Next, since I have a leveling base on a tripod, I can very quickly get the gimbal head that sits on top of the leveling head nice and level with the bubble indicator. Now I slip the foot of the telephoto lens onto the Wimberly head, and then I have to balance that. This is done by moving the foot on the tripod head forward and back, tightening it down each time until I can get the up and down pivot of the lens to hold its position when I let it go of it. This is the beauty of using a Wimberly or just about any gimbal head. Once it's all level and balanced, you can follow your subjects and leave the lens trained on the subject without having to hold the lens. You let the head and the tripod do all the heavy work. One of the ways to get around the heavy costs of using long lenses is renting them. I recommend using rented lenses before you buy. 
That way you can work with the equipment before you buy to make sure you're getting the right products. Also, it lets you test different styles of lenses you may want, paying only a small rental fee as opposed to the big price of a long telephoto lens. The company that I turn to when I want to rent equipment is Lens Pro To Go. With us today is Mike Duvall from Lens Pro To Go. This is a fantastic online source where we can go in and rent equipment. Photographers can rent still and video equipment to use for a special occasion or a commercial shoot. It's especially good for trying out new equipment. I've been using Lens Pro to go to rent all kinds of gear over the years, and I find it very useful. Welcome to the show, Mike. Thanks for having me, Terry. One of the things that I always encourage my students of workshops or classes, if you want to try out a piece of equipment, rent it first to get a full idea of what it's like to work with that, uh, that new lens or camera body. And also, let's say you're going to Yellowstone for two weeks. Why not rent that expensive lens so you can have the same advantages that the pros have as far as equipment goes? Sure. You know, it's funny. I mean, we've been in business uh, for, you know, close to 12 years now. And, and we still get customers who call when it's their first time renting. They're like, I had no idea you could rent. Um, so it's, it's definitely one of those, <laughs> especially for photographers. I think filmmakers uh, and video folks, it's a little bit more in the culture uh, to rent equipment for shoots. But for photographers, it isn't always something that immediately occurs to them. But what's awesome about renting, especially when we're, you know, wildlife photography and sport photography, those are the, you know, one of the sort of niches of photography where the gear does play a, a bigger role uh, than, it, than in most photography. Um, so having those long lenses, especially if you're shooting wildlife and you need to, you know, you need to stay back or you've got difficult shooting situations or small subjects, that's where having the right piece of gear really, uh, you know, will really improve the quality of your images. Um, so having people be able to, you know, uh, obviously sort of maintain and own fifteen, twenty thousand $20,000 lenses isn't practical for the vast majority of people. Um, really the only people who buy those lenses are dentists, doctors, and then like, you know, commercial sports magazines and that kind of stuff. You know, for us, uh, regular earth walkers here, um, you know, renting the lens is actually a great way to sort of spend capital because buying a 600 millimeter F4 doesn't mean that you have an automatic ticket to the best images ever because, a 600 F4 isn't right for every situation. Um, so that's where, you know, shooting a zoom or sort of being able to tailor your lens choice for what you're shooting and, and what you're going out and hoping to capture. Renting gives you the flexibility to, to really hone in and do that without having to plunk down huge chunks of cash um, and have it tied up in a lens that you may only use once or twice a year. I think it's easy to rent equipment from you guys, but for the photographers out there that don't, that have never rented before, can you give us a step-by-step -step of renting from you guys? Yeah, I mean, it really, especially, you know, like you said, with wildlife, having the the focal length and the reach to get there uh, for shots is often, I mean, that's make or break. Um, you know, and for, for me, I think one of the things that I tend, especially for folks who are brand new to photography, I kind of break it down this way for people. Um, if, you're, if it's your first time shooting the subject matter that you're trying to go out to shoot, I generally recommend people grab a Zoom, um, if at all possible. And, and you can sort of go the like, 
a little bit more pedestrian consumer level zooms, um, something like the Tamron, the 150 to 600 G2 or the Sigma 150 to 600. Those are both excellent, extremely versatile lenses. Um, if you're shooting during the day in good light, they perform, you know, really, really well. Um, but it's a little tough to sort of understand, you know, just how close a 600 millimeter lens is if you've never shot with one before. So having that zoom, that flexibility for the zoom, uh, gives you the ability to frame, gives you some wiggle room if, you know, your shooting situation isn't perfect. Um, and then there is sort of like a mid, mid tier of the exotic, uh, zooms, which generally have a little less range, but their image quality is certainly an, uh, you know, a notch up. Um, and then once you really have honed in and you know what photos you're trying to capture, um, you know, if you have that experience and you know exactly what focal length works, that's where you go for those primes, which is, are going to give you the, you know, the tippity top, the, the zenith of, of image quality. Absolutely. And I'm of the theory that if you have a finite budget for a shoot, such as say a trip to Alaska or something where it's going to cost you thousands of dollars, buying a new lens may just blow up your budget and then you don't get to go at all. I think it's better to go do the shoot and rent whatever it is you need to give yourself the same opportunities that everyone else has. Right. Also, I rented a 180 to 400 zoom from you guys a couple of months ago because I was shooting up at the Grand Tetons again. There was a situation where I was driving around and came across some moose just on the other side of the road. I didn't expect them to be that close. When you hop out of the car and start shooting, if you've got just a 600 on, then you're just getting an eyeball. With that zoom lens I ran from you guys, that was awesome because I was able to zoom back and make different compositions and not be stuck with just the one framing. I thought it was just a blast to shoot with. Yeah, I mean, it's, and you know, that's the thing, especially when you're dealing with wildlife. Um, the safety net of a zoom is definitely great uh, because it's unpredictable, um, you know. And I think actually the other time that I think folks uh, sort of run into this problem is, is they think safari and they immediately think super long telephoto lens. Um, what they fail to realize is that, frankly, so much of the time, the encounters with the wildlife, especially in game game preserves where, you know, the, the animals are not frightened of the vehicles, they see, you know, folks on safari every day, um, the encounters are often far closer than people uh, actually expect. So if you are saddled up with a 500 millimeter lens and all of a sudden there's a, you know, there's a cheetah walking 15 feet off of the side of the, of the, you know, vehicle you're in, uh, you can be caught a little bit off, off guard. Um, so certainly having that diversity is, is helpful. Um, but really, you know, once you get it dialed in, if you know exactly what you're shooting, the image quality you get out of the primes is really, it's really incredible. Oh, yeah. That, that's why people like myself end up purchasing lenses like that. What's nice is a place like Lens Pro to Go has a variety of lenses to choose from. You have a, quite a catalog of equipment these days, right? Yeah. I mean, we basically carry everything. Um, you know, we, we support all of the major brands, uh, Canon, uh, Nikon, Sony, Olympus, um, you know, all the Micro Four Thirds, the Fuji. Um, you know, there's a ton of different options there. Um, and we really do our best to try and carry it all. Um, we even carry the, the medium format stuff as well. Um, so really, I mean, our goal is to be able to serve every customer. That's awesome. So take a step-by-step. Step. How does a customer find you guys and how do they rent their first lens? Sure. So our site is really easy. It's lenspro2go and that's T-O-G-O.com. 
you pop there on the site. It's uh, very easy. We've got it categorized if you're looking for cameras or lenses uh, right along the top. And once you click through there, you can uh, filter things by brand. Uh, Canon, Nikon, and Sony are right at the top. Um, you can browse through. You can view all of the gear. We are really, really good about making sure that we put in as much information as possible about each piece of gear. Uh, we, you know, put in really detailed photos so you can get a good sense of what, you know, what it is that you're going to be getting and shooting with. And then from there, our site is super easy. Basically, uh, there's a calendar function on the upper right-hand corner. You can punch in your dates for your rental. Um, and what that will actually do, it will calculate the number of days for the rental. And then it actually will globally change the pricing across the whole site. So it allows you to compare apples to oranges. Um, and it doesn't saddle you with having to go all the way through a checkout process to get an idea of what your cost is going to be. One of the things that you know we did sort of to set ourselves apart is our... Our pricing includes round-trip shipping up to second-day air. Um, so the price that you see right on the site is extremely close to what you'll be paying. Obviously, taxes um, and then some various options for insurance uh, can change that a little bit. But, um, you know, we want folks to be able to get an idea of what the cost is going to be without having to waste a ton of time, like filling out a cart and setting up an account and all this other stuff, only to find out that, you know, that $50 lens rental is actually going to be 90 because, you know, once they get the shipping involved. Um I love that part, and I love the convenience. When you guys send a box, most of the time there's a hard case inside the box where the lens is protected. You can just take the lens out and put it on your camera and start shooting. And when I'm done, I just put it back in that same box. There's a shipping label already, and you even include tape for the box. Yeah, we do. The, the tape is awesome. I mean, it, I can't tell you how many times. It, and it came, frankly, from... Uh, you know, from our experience of when we go to ship back gear or, or pack up gear is like, oh, like, where's my tape? Um, so, you know, we include that stuff just to make it easy. One advantage I found with that is once I rented equipment here and received it here in California, made my way to Colorado, did the shoot. And when I was done, rather than rent it for an extra couple of days just for the drive back, I found a local FedEx drop off. I had the box, the label and the tape. So I was done with it right yeah. then. We've got a lot of customers who do that. I mean, it's it really when you re return, uh, the label really works for for anywhere. So you're welcome to return. Um, the returning network is super easy. Uh, FedEx has partnered with Walgreens, um, so Walgreens and FedEx stores are approved drop-off sites. So once you're there physically, you can um, you know when you're ready to return, you pack everything up, seal it up, tape it up, pop on that label, and you can drop it off at a Walgreens um, and and get the gear back on its way. It's it's really easy. I mean, we aim, we've worked really hard, um, you know, since we've been in business to try and streamline the process. Um, so it's it's just simple. I mean, we don't want it to be a chore. I totally agree that it's easy to do. I know if you're just going to go to the search engine and punch in lens rentals, you get a lot of different companies that, that are doing lens rentals. When it comes to the differences from you and some of the other equipment rental places, what would you say the advantage of Lens Pro to Go has over the others? Sure. Well, uh, you know, for us, the, the biggest thing is size. Um, you know, we have uh, the, the largest collection of gear in the country, um, you know, tens of millions of dollars of gear. Um, you know, there's no one who stocks, uh, the same level of gear that we do, uh, you know, between us and our partners. And frankly, the lens pro to go experience, when you call in, uh, you know, we're, we're still a, a smallish company, uh, when it comes to the customer's experience, you know, they're a team of guys. Uh, I've been with the company now, uh, gosh, 
11 and a half years. Um, and I'm still working with, you know, the same core group of people. Um, we all have our, we're all shooters. Um, you know, so we've got experience, uh, in lots of different disciplines. You know, we've got fashion photographers, we've got wedding photographers, we've got wildlife photographers. And, and frankly, you know, we learn a lot through our customers experience, um, through helping them, you know, we know to ask like what they're shooting, where they're going. Um, you know, we know sort of like the ins and out in particulars, like a lot of people when they travel to Africa, um, you know, the standard carry on size, uh, carry on, for a U.S. domestic flight is far different once you get onto the point where you're, you know, jumping into prop planes to make that final leg uh, trip. So, you know, we try to steer people into in the right direction. Our goal is never to get people into the most expensive thing. We, we want to get them into the piece of gear that's going to give them the best experience. And that's both photographically, but also, uh, you know, during use. Yeah, to me, that's huge. Yeah, I mean, it's just it it's really, it's really great for us. I mean, we, we thoroughly enjoy what we do and connecting with our customers and, and helping them choose the right items. It's just sort of in our DNA. I know that there was a time where I rented some video gear from you guys and I was a little befuddled as to how do you do a certain process. And I, I called you guys and you walked me through how to use <laughs> the gear that I was renting. Yeah. I mean, we, we use the gear. I mean, it's stuff that's sitting on the shelf that doesn't go off for the weekend. We're, we're taking it out. Um, that's I mean, <laughs> that firsthand experience. I mean, that's frankly, if you're a gearhead, that's, that's the perk of, uh, of working for the, yeah, the largest rental house in the country. So you guys have some sort of loyalty program, right? We do. Yeah. It's actually one of the best in the industry. So, uh, it's called the rental rewards program. And what it is, is it's basically, if you've ever had like a frequent, you know, coffee card kind of scenario, uh, it's basically like that. So when you rent from us, um, when you rented seven times and you've completed that rental and it's returned and everything else, uh, you get a punch and that punch is for the actual dollar amount, uh, of your rental and there's no limits on it. So if you're making, um, you know, seven rentals that have an average of $500 or $1,000 or $2,000. Um, what we do is we take those seven rentals, we average the cost of the rental. And on the eighth rental, you you receive a credit, uh, for the average of all those rentals. Um, so it works great for people who are, you know, doing lots of work, doing volumes of work. Um, and it gives people an opportunity to sort of, you know, take that eighth rental and put it towards a passion project or, or something else. So it's our way of giving back to our customers. We appreciate their loyalty. And frankly, we wouldn't be where we are without them. Um, and there isn't any other program like it in the, uh, in the industry. I like it and I use it. I rent a lot of things for production. And when it comes around to my free rental, <laughs> no, 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 that one's for me. If I want to try out yep. a new lens that I would normally use, that's what I do. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. I mean, and we always get those stories too. When they call, when folks call in, they're like, yeah, I've got my rewards credit. I'm like, awesome. Like, what are you shooting? Cause it's, it is, that's the, like, you know, the unencumbered excitement of yes, I like, I finally get to use that piece or I'm going to shoot this thing. Um, and we live for those stories. Hey, you guys have an email list. Do you only get on that list if someone rents from you or how do people get on that list? Yeah, we have a we have a blog and a newsletter. Um, you're always welcome to have folks uh, shoot an email over to service at lensprotogo.com. Um, and actually, I if you were talking to service at lensprotogo.com, you were talking to me. Um, so yeah, 
And uh, yeah, by all means, have folks uh, give us an email. But we've got our, our blog if you go to lensprotogo.com. And if you, frankly, if you just create an account uh, to get started, you'll get on our email list. Um, but if you are not the email type, uh, again, in this, in the goal of not wasting people's time, we have a link right at the very top of our webpage, uh, that says current coupons. So click on that. You will always be able to take advantage of, uh, our newest and latest offer. We want folks to everyone to get the same deal. You don't need to go through some back door or, you know, have a secret handshake or something. Uh, you know, we want everyone to, to be able to take advantage. So I have a question for you. It hasn't mm-hmm. happened to me, but what happens if someone rents a piece of equipment and then realizes that they need the equipment longer? How do you guys deal with that? Yeah. So, you know, for us, obviously we are, we are the most flexible when it comes to changing gear around. Um, before anything has shipped, you can swap things around piece of cake. It's usually not a problem. Once gear arrives on site, you know, obviously we look at every situation individually and we try to, you know, work with folks. Um, if they need a different piece of gear and they need it shipped out immediately, that's totally something that we can help them with and work around. Um, you know, we're, we're more than happy if something shows up and, you know, within the first couple hours of having it, you realize, Oh, I've made a dreadful mistake here. Um, call us, let us know. Uh, you know, we usually can work with folks and, and get them nearly all of their credit is usually they're just kind of covering shipping back and forth, uh, for the unwanted item. But, you know, we, we really try to be as flexible as possible because there's no sense in having a customer with a piece of gear that isn't, that isn't working for them. Uh, cause that, that's not a great experience. So that's something that we work towards. In my shooting, I use pretty sturdy tripods and gimbals. Do you guys rent that sort of thing? We sure do. Yeah. And we've got, you know, some heavy duty Gitzo uh, tripods. We've got some great um, carbon fiber options with Enduro uh, and all of the, the different styles of heads from, you know, ball heads uh, to the Wimberly style um, gimbal type heads. I primarily rent still equipment from you guys. Occasionally I have to do some video and I'll rent video gear from you. Not only do you have all that stuff, you guys have lighting gear as well. We carry lighting, we've got grip equipment. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we are f- full service. I mean, basically, if there is a production that needs to be made, uh, you can get virtually everything uh, right through us. We ship it to your door it's, it's, or like your location. Um, it's really easy. And frankly, we offer a lot of different options for shipping. Um, if you are, you know, we ship to hotels, uh, you know, as long as you we're able to verify your account and everything. Um, and, and really for us, uh, you know, the biggest sort of advice that I can give to folks and as a person, I'm in customer service. So, um, I am the person who sees if something goes wrong, uh, you know, if people have a problem, they come to me first. Um, and frankly, the biggest thing, and, and it's really only been amplified by COVID, um, and, and the sort of shipping volume and the hardships that the, the shipping networks are going through is please leave every, you know, give yourself a good buffer. You know, if you're traveling on a, you know, you're flying to Alaska, you're going on this once in a lifetime trip, don't have the gear arrive the day before. Um, because if, if something were to go awry with FedEx, we are always working hard on our end to sort of buffer, um, you know, gears so the gear arrives on time, but there are circumstances where things are just, you know, FedEx is backed up. They just, they get things happen. So give yourself that extra buffer. I mean, two days, I consider a minimum before you start to travel. So if you're leaving on Friday, make sure that gear arrives on on Wednesday and frankly, even Tuesday. So you've got a chance to take it out of the box, get acquainted. If you have questions like you do, we want to be able to answer them before you're in the field and feeling the pressure. 
Yeah, and I also believe that when you rent gear that you're not familiar with, when it arrives, take it out yeah. of the box and shoot something with it, even around your house, just to understand how it works, rather than peeling out of the box when you have a moose standing in front of you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you should totally be acquainted with your... When you are out shooting, the goal is to be in the moment of shooting and not you know, not fussing with gear. So as acquainted as you can get in the, you know, beforehand, before you get out there, that is, you know, time and and money well spent. Mike, I really appreciate you talking with us today on how photographers can start renting equipment. In closing, what is the best way people can find Lens Pro to go and start renting that expensive gear for their next shoot? Yeah, just uh, just look us up on lensprotogo.com. Um, you can search for, you know, for a piece of gear that you're looking to rent, um, pop it in the cart, place an order, um, and we, we will reach out to you when it's your first order. We're happy to answer any questions that you might have, either by email or phone. And um, yeah, you know, get something, try it out. Our base rental is four days, and then uh, the pricing is prorated beyond that, and it gets less expensive the longer you rent. So um, a lot of people, when they are thinking about renting, um, if you were thinking about a four day rental or, you know, so basically two four day rentals are roughly equivalent in cost to what a two week rental is. Um, so that's just kind of a good metric on the pricing. And it does, like I said, it sort of illustrates how it does get less expensive, but, um, yeah, just, just try us out. I mean, we're super easy and approachable. We're more than happy to help folks. Um, you know, there's no stupid questions when people call in. <laughs> Love it. Again, that's Mike Duvall at lensprotogo.com, a great place to rent gear. Thanks again for talking with us. Oh, yeah, no problem, Terry. Uh, always happy to lend a hand whenever we can. Thank you. The folks at Lens Pro to Go has offered the listeners of the Nature Photography Podcast a discount on their next rental. Use the code TerryV10 at checkout. That's T E R R Y V as in Victor, 10 at checkout. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please take a moment to tell another photographer about it. Maybe even make a post on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. That would be a great way to tell others about this podcast. It can always be searched on any of the leading podcast players, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, Overcast, and many others. It's important to include the in the title, the Nature Photography Podcast. It would also be great if you could leave a positive review on any of these platforms. It could really help keep this podcast high in the ratings. Until next time, this is your host, Terry Vanderheiden, with the Nature Photography Podcast.